What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week, we have a great guest, Lance Matthews, who bought his first farm in Wisconsin this past year. And he is sharing his story on what he learned, what he would do differently, and some lessons he learned along the way. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. In case you are brand new here to the Land Podcast, my name is Jake Hofer. And what the goal of this podcast is, it's very simple, to help 100 people buy their first piece of land. There's a couple ways to be involved in that 100 people. The first way is if you are in the state of Illinois and you want some assistance buying your first piece of ground, reach out to me. And if you're outside of Illinois or outside the area of my expertise, I'm happy to get you connected with someone that I would personally do business with. If I don't know anyone there, I will tell you that. And that is number two. Number three is if you just simply learn something from the podcast, helps you take action confidently. Let me know. I want to add you to the spreadsheet. We are cruising through this hundred, these hundred people, and hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it. Here we go. Lance, how's it going? Oh, great. Good to good to be on here, Jake, and looking forward to kind of sharing the story, of buying some land, and and all that comes with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's uh, we got connected here. I think it was this past this past summer and uh was able to get you connected uh with an agent in wisconsin and uh, you ended up buying a farm but i have to say for everyone listening lance has the typical background what we see here he's got uh some deer he's got some bucks he's got his bow hanging and uh go ahead and take an opportunity just to uh, introduce yourself here yeah for sure um i like i said i'm from wisconsin um kind of born and raised kind of cut my teeth hunting whitetails in the, in the North woods of Wisconsin, just in the national forest and just kind of slowly grew from there and went to school over in lacrosse where there was a little bit bigger deer than the North woods. And my uh, passion for bow hunting just kind of slowly grew and grew and, and ended up uh, landing a job teaching in Southeast Wisconsin. Um, that's kind of where I've been the last 11 years now um, where I call home and where my family is. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, just got into a farm this year and kind of had a long journey to, to get to that point, but, yeah. um, what, we can what, dive into that. What grade do you teach or what do you, uh, what do you, what, what's your curriculum? Uh, so I teach high school science, uh, okay. I've taught biology and chemistry. Chemistry is kind of my mainstay that I've been, um, teaching every year since I started, but dabbling in a little bit of uh, biology and then we have a class called avid that i taught for a few years um and do some coaching on the side and actually run just kind of took over our outdoor club this year to try to get some younger kids involved and that's cool it's been a been a journey getting started as well that's cool how uh, what made you want to be a teacher uh just through college i went in like the second year in i still didn't know what i wanted to do um started working with people more and more and just always had a passion for science and just how things work and put the two together and pursued the education field and seemed like a good fit um I've always been just kind of doing odd jobs and things in the summer so keep, keeping the summers available to to do other work yeah. as well as having the kind of the full school year to keep going was was always good so that's the ultimate hustle when you have, when you, when you're a teacher and you get that summer job too. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's always cool. Now, uh, how long have you been teaching then? So this is year 11 for me. Okay. Got it. Interesting. Um, so is chem chemistry is your favorite subject. Is that your favorite discipline of science? Um, I like to teach chemistry um, just because of the, the math and the labs and the stuff like that. Um, but I always had a passion for the life sciences, like environmental science and ecology. And just that's kind of where my passion lies outside of school is just that's why I love deer hunting and jumping in the woods so much and getting involved in anything outdoors. Yeah, for sure. So um, ultimately, it sounds like you, you've it seems like you, your interests have always been kind of the same. And at what point did you really know you wanted to own a piece of ground? Was there a specific time, event? Uh, yeah. good story, bad story. <laughs> well, I, growing up, I went in the North woods, like kind of quite a ways into the Nicolay and we would just stay in a camper on the back of a truck. My uncle and my grandpa, they kind of taught me how to hunt and, um, it kind of grew from there and just 
going up there, seeing a few deer, never seeing anything big, um, shot a few bucks and then kind of slowly like progressed into like, all right, I want to shoot something um, with a couple more inches of antler on it. And the whole baiting thing, my, my grandpa and uncle were always like truckloads full of bait. <laughs> And we go up there every weekend before and get ready for the, the big nine day opener, but kind of slowly progressed out of that. Just went for the tradition, but like the bow hunting part of it, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to lacrosse and got to see some like actual hunting land and, and see some big deer running around and it just hit, hit that to a next level, I guess. And and I was really looking forward to it, but I knew that going into teaching probably wouldn't be the first on the list to be able to buy a big chunk of land. Um, but as I got into it and met some people who also shared the passion, got to work on a friend's land who uh, has a big chunk in La Crosse County and uh, just kind of paired up with some people that are like-minded and kind of grew the, the public land thing and got to help out on private and kind of figured out this is what I want to do. I want to, want to get some land. I want to own something of my own to be able to take down a tree when I want to and kind of you do would, that. So, yeah, it's, it, isn't it funny? Like such a simple thing, cutting down a tree, but to do it on your own land, do it on your own accord, not to worry about any repercussions. Uh, that's pretty, <laughs> that's, that's gotta be a pretty good feeling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's just something about that, uh, chainsaw gas getting that going <laughs> that, that uh, fuels me a little bit. Yeah. So how, how many years ago was that when you really had that desire? So I want to say it was probably like 2017 or so is when we start started to help out at my buddy's farm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a, like a shared family property that they have 120 odd acres. Um, and him, him and his uncles always gun hunted it, but they never bow hunted. And we started going out there just for fun, just to hang out and cut firewood and do the, do the odd chores, but didn't really have any, any, um, reason other than just having fun. Mm -hmm. And eventually it led to permission to hunt uh, a couple of times a year and started to see what kind of deer were on there Threw some cameras up and, and really kind of dove in. And then, uh, his family started to see, Oh, there's, there's actually big deer running around here if we hunt this a little differently, like maybe we might get a chance at something bigger. Um, cause they're here. We just got to find them. Right. And after that, um, those first couple of years seeing big deer, but then actually making the improvements on the land, um, changing how the food was set up, changing the access. We started to see like in the one fifties, one sixties, we had, um, a couple of one seventies these last couple of years that have been showing up and um, just the, the progression is kind of where I was like, okay, we can have an impact on the land to bring in bigger deer. Like that sounds like something I'm into, mm -hmm. um, hunting public a lot. It just comes with its own frustrations. Like the deer I have on the wall are, are public land deer and they, mm -hmm. they've taken a lot of work, but having a family now and, um, just not having as much time to put toward off season scouting, um, trying to tie some of these land projects in with the family has been kind of the, the change up. So, yeah, that's, that's a cool point. Yeah. It's, that's what we, uh, we just talked about on the Exodus podcast, but, um, I like there's so many resources, resources out there for hunting public or maybe getting permission or, uh, working hard to buy your own piece of ground. But a lot of it does just come down to time and having your own place to go and do things on your own accord. And like you mentioned, incorporate your family. I mean, that's, there's an intrinsic value there that you really can't put a dollar amount on quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And with the, the changes in cameras too, like <laughs> yeah. you mentioned Exodus, like having a cell camera out and not having to take time to go check it. Like let's say in August or whatever, September, like I know what's out there. I know what deer I'm hunting. I can kind of hone in on the caliber of deer that are realistic mm -hmm. and then be able to do that all from the couch while playing with my daughter and having some fun. So yeah. So, um, what did the, what did the search process look like for you? So what, how long did it take you from, um, all right, now I'm serious. Uh, I'm going to call some banks and see where I'm at and then look aggressively for a piece of ground. Like wh what was that process like for you and how long was it? Sure. Once, uh, once we did a couple of years work at the, at that land, 
I started to look at, okay, what would it cost to, to purchase like this land in this county, um, this distance from my house, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I, I think I could afford that because my house, my mortgage, my current mortgage is somewhere in that ballpark or, or a little bit less. And then started to crunch the numbers on like what a second mortgage really looks like and, and how much you have to put down. I kind of deflated my sale a little bit um, after like seeing the final number. Because a lot of places I looked were saying, oh, well, you got to have about 20% down and banks tend to have a little bit of apprehension lending toward just recreational property that you're just going to hunt on. And a lot of people could, could tell you, you it depends on who you listen to, but a lot of negativity just in the space. Like, oh, that's just too much money. That, that'll never that's, pay off. Or That's every person <laughs> ever that hasn't bought a piece of crap. Oh my gosh. And it, yeah, it's frustrating. I'm like, this is, this is my dream. I want to do this. And um, so like kind of a two year of search of just kind of plugging in on different websites like land.com or like these different land watches. Yeah, yeah. Land watch. Yeah. Um, and seeing a few properties pop up and I was like, Oh, like some of these are actually affordable. I just need to narrow my scope and maybe owning 120 acres in lacrosse County isn't what I can do to start out. But then I started to kind of learn about the, like the different ways that you can get creative and, hearing some of these people talk about the properties that they've invested in. And I'm like, okay, now I'm hearing this investment word. I can maybe sell this to my wife. I can sell this to family and, and we can make something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that kind of brought me into, let's see, probably like 2021 is when I was like, all right, I can, I have the funds I've saved up. I've done so many odd jobs in the summer to, to be able to afford the, to get to this spot. Um, now let's get serious about finding some property. And that's kind of when everything heated up mm-hmm. and properties were just flying off the market. That was a tough time to be ready to pull the trigger. Cause like <laughs> no one knows where it's going to go from. Like people are like, Oh, it's going to go down. And then here we are sitting and prices are still stable, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, it was fun to see what was there and talking. Then I started getting conversations with people like, Oh, you own hunting land already. Like, what do you have? How'd you get to it? And learning that process was, was part of the, part of the fun, I guess, just hearing how they, they, they acquired it. Um, and a lot of it was like, Hey, go knock on the neighbor's door, go knock on this person's door. Like maybe this farmer wants to sell. And then I was like sending out letters and, and get, like trying to do all the ways that somebody that couldn't just write or just bring some cash to somebody's door, just doing all those little things. And um, heard a lot of no's um, and just kind of kept looking, kept looking. And then I got pre-approved because that was kind of the, the final hurdle that people weren't taking me seriously. Um, I needed a pre-approval note to say, hey, I'm ready when, when you're ready kind of thing, when the right property comes along. Um, still trying to do it on my own, just trying to be stubborn, like, oh, I, I, I don't want to pay someone else to help me on this search. And really it was just me not knowing that like there are people that are in your corner when you're the buyer yeah. Um, and find those people, let someone else pay for it, like the seller and they can give you a lot of really good information. Yeah. That's, that's such a, a great point and a major misconception misconception when it comes to buying land is people think in order to have a buyer's agent, you're, you're paying that person to represent you in almost all scenarios, the seller, if it's listed uh, on the internet, the seller's paying that commission and then the selling agent and then the buyer's agent who's your fiduciary is splitting that. And so it's really, I mean, as a buyer, to me, it's just an absolutely no, it's a no brainer because you have someone in your corner and uh, if you get a good one, I mean, they're, they're hopefully going to shoot you straight and maybe point out some things you didn't think about and, and maybe make some points that, you know, like this is a good buy. And so yeah. that's a, so what was that a misconception on your end? Did you think you'd have to pay for a buyer's agent? If you're like, Hey, I'm looking for this. Um, let me know what you find. Yeah, it was a little bit of that. And then like we had like worked on like some renovating, renovating some houses to kind of like flip to sell. And like with them, I was like, I don't want to do any of the paperwork that's involved in, in writing up a offer to purchase and that kind of stuff. Like I want to avoid paperwork as much as possible. And that just kind of 
turn me off to, oh, well, I'll just do it myself. I'll find something on my own. I'll just go through and maybe I'll hire a lawyer and they'll just help me with the purchase. Mm -hmm. And I thought with my hunting background and just knowing like a little bit about land that there wasn't anything that a realtor could offer to, to kind of support my search. Cause they, a lot of the realtors that I know, like are just in the residential world. Sure. Um, and they were like, Oh yeah, I can set up a search for you, but um, I don't really know anything about buying land or what happens if there's like a abandoned building on it, or what if it has a easement and there's like all these legal questions that were out of my wheelhouse for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I need to get somebody in my corner to kind of help me out. I actually called a couple of different places or a couple of different people like that I on listings that I liked. Mm-hmm. And they were also kind of like, not rude, but just because the market was so fast, they were just kind of like blew me off. Like, oh, this guy wants a $150 property. I'm not going to mess with him when I can sell half million dollar properties a couple of week or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, kept sending emails to realtors that are in the land space, like land brokers. I might be butchering the, the terminology here, but no, you're, um, you're, those are, those are, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I just kept getting pushed off and pushed off and I was working on a house to sell that I was like, all right, th- after I sell this house, um, I want to buy land. Like this money is going to land. And I was actually listening to a couple of, I, I just burned through podcasts when I'm working mm-hmm. and the land podcast, like a, a few episodes you have, and just like a lot of habitat guys and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But your intro was like, I want to help a hundred people. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just call them. We'll see what happens. Like, and I had given you a ring and you were like, Oh yeah, I'm out of Illinois. Um, but I can definitely uh, hook you up with somebody kind of in that general area. You connected me with Tyler from mm-hmm. Land Pros, and um, he, I think he called me and emailed me within a couple hours, and we got to chatting, and he kind of helped me narrow down, like, all right, what exactly are you looking for? Because I was all over the place, like I was just on these different but websites, like I just pulled everywhere. up, I just put out, pulled up our text conversation, and I have a half of Wisconsin circled with a red circle, like kind of where you're interested. It was not quite a half of Wisconsin, but it was a big area for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think did he help narrow down the location more, or was that, or was it still that big of a scope? I think he he didn't want to like crush my dreams right away. He wanted to kind of hook me in first, <laughs> um, but he, he was like, yeah, like let's figure out like how much like what's land going for per acre in that county? Like what county specifically are you looking at? Um, and what kind of things are available? So I actually sent him a few links of properties. I had seen one that like sold for cash where I had called like the next day and the guy's like gone. Yep. Um, and just a couple that I knew were hot and there had to be something about them that like made them so hot. And I didn't quite know what that was yet because mm-hmm. I just was looking at it on the map and trying to figure out uh, but he he kind of helped me narrow down like all right let's let's try to find like some big buck neighborhoods like you hear that that term a lot mm-hmm. and I had been hunting in different areas like I said lacrosse county but that was a little farther than where I wanted to travel um, so once he kind of honed in he's like well actually I grew up in Richland County and He's like, this is a really good area. Let's look, let's keep an eye out in this spot, Crawford County. Like he's, he's listing off a few counties that looking back, like if I would have looked on the Boone and Crockett site, I could have seen there's some big deer shot in these areas. Mm-hmm. And then let's narrow down to where deer like to hang out. And we can kind of pinpoint that on the map and see what kind of tracks are available. Um, then kind of like, you see these prices just all over the board, like, what egg is going for, but I really wanted something in the hills, like something in the driftless area. Um, and he's like, okay, well you want big deer. Everyone wants big deer. Um, you want a lot of land you want it accessible. Like, let's see what we can kind of figure out and, and hone it in and just kind of kept sending him listing after listing. He's like, Oh, I know I might know this person that might be selling. Mm-hmm. because it was like try to catch something before, before. it hit the market yeah. was was key at that time it seemed um 
It still, and, feels, it still feels like that a little bit, to be completely honest. The, the yeah. good stuff's still going fast. And then there's a couple big properties that had been on the market for a little while. So it's like, oh, well, with your knowledge, can you call this person and see if, we, if they'd be interested in like a split? Mm-hmm. And he certainly entertained my crazy ideas in a couple of instances. And he's just like, well, no, they weren't interested. No, this person did not want to sell it. Did not want to split it. Um, and there's a couple times where he kind of pushed back on me a little bit and was like, Lance, like what, what interests you about this property? <laughs> Cause I was at a point where I had money in my pocket and I just, you're ready to buy something. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well on the, on, on X, it looks like this is in a big track of woods. Like it has good access. Um, like it has a, like a bunch of diverse features like water and high ground and self-facing slopes. And it had everything I was looking for. And he's like, well, it's on an easement and it's shared with five other people. And there are a couple of big tracks, but like, it looked like it was like an Amish country. And he's like, well, there's a little bit of an unknown there because like sometimes they have some big families and like to hunt a lot. And mm-hmm. um, like, are these deer going to survive? year on your 30 acres if they have 200 and they hunt it really hard Mm -hmm. and i was like you're right you're right i i had to just kind of like swallow my ego a couple times on some (laughs) properties and was just kind of waiting and a couple things like popped up here and there that he had heard about or um we'd share links back and forth and sometimes they'd pop up on his filter, but not mine. And some other way around, like, it's interesting. Like I told them the same filter that I created, but just the like slight differences in the, in filtering makes a big difference in what shows up and what doesn't. Yeah. That's I, uh, I've been, I've done that before. I'll hop on one syndicate and I'm looking and then I switch and I'm like, how did I miss this property? And it's, you know, maybe the filter was, 25 acres to a hundred. And then this one's 24.5. I was like, well, I mean, that was still would have been uh, an interesting to look, to look at. So, but it sounds like uh, having a buyer's agent in your corner was, was really influential and in, in you ending up finding a parcel that checked off enough boxes. Yeah. So I look back just for the fun of it. I look back at our like email chain and I think there was 78 emails back and forth between him and I over like a month and a half. Uh-huh. And what ended up kind of leaning toward, I found a property that was being sold from Whitetail Properties. And I'd sent it to him, kind of like, oh, it's Whitetail Properties. It's probably overpriced. Like that had just been the stigma that I had of that company. Not that I have been in the market that long to say one way or the other, but it just seemed like they were always high dollar and they're always like turnkey, like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted something that, like I could you, put a little sweat equity in and yep, um, and make it my own. And so I sent it over to him and he's like, oh, this it looks really nice. And this is like a couple miles from where I went to high school. So he knew the area. He knew some of the neighbors. He knew there was big deer in the area. Like, and I was like, okay, like this could be good. Like let's, let's set up a showing. So convinced my wife that this was a good idea because I knew if I go to a showing, like if I get my feet on the ground, this, this could happen. Uh And he's like, all right, um, let's go for Wednesday or whatever. We're set up, we're getting ready to go. And he sends me a text like, Oh, my, my wife has COVID. So maybe I shouldn't go. And I was like, Oh, well, if if you test like test negative, whatever, like get out there, (laughs) let's, let's go check this out. Like, I, I, I don't want anything getting in the way. He's like, well, there's like, four other showings that day this had been like the second or third day it was on the market and I called the listing agent and just kind of got some ideas like why is this guy selling give me some information about it Mm -hmm. just kind of picked his brain playing dumb Um, and then I didn't even tell him that I was going to look at the property but showed up um, kind of laced the boots up and there's some trucks there and I'm driving around the area and that was actually like pretty helpful like taking a couple loops around within a few miles of the area and just kind of like learning like what does this look like Mm -hmm. um there was a section of public 
right by or like adjacent to it that I really wanted to know more about because I was a little apprehensive of that just because hunting public I know some of these places can be, get pounded pretty good especially in a county that I think 95 percent of the county is private so one little being, sliver of public yeah. yeah yeah so I know that these get these lands get hit pretty hard so I was like what does this land look like is it huntable that kind of thing and it looked pretty gnarly like I, I like a good challenge, but I don't know that I have like the skill set to kill a big deer in this air in this public spot. So I was like, all right, I like the looks of that and kind of got on the ground and um, Tyler met me there and we kind of just got walking. Um, and I had studied the maps too many hours before just to know like this is where I want to check out. This is what I want to look at. Like, what does this actually look like from the ground? Just because it looks quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. So just try to walk every inch or as fast as I could through the property in our hours time slot that we had. Uh, it didn't seem like the, that hour time slot was really like hard and fast, but sure. in my mind, I thought it was. So I was like in a little bit of a hurry. I wish I would have taken more video, um, more to show your wife or to go back and look again yourself. Yeah. She, I mean, she was like interested, but she was like, Oh, it's a this land. that's a tree yeah yeah sure <laughs> um but if because there was the listing was actually really good it had a lot of drone footage and some stuff but stuff that i like was i had where i was looking i wanted like a memory of it to be able to kind of go back but mm-hmm. either way long story short kind of walk through i was like yes this is the property i want to put in an offer but i was nervous because there was a bunch of other people that had been walking through the same day mm-hmm. and this was midweek. So I was worried about it getting to the weekend and just kind of, that's where, that's where Tyler like really helped me out. Cause he's like, well, earnest money um, says a lot about your offer and how serious you are. Um, your conditions, like how quickly do they need to turn this around and um how close to the asking price are you going to hit and like what is land going for in that area? And he kind of had those facts like on, Mm -hmm. like I've been watching land, but he knew exactly that land and he knew what was selling and what wasn't. And he knew that the the property was going to sell. So he ended up kind of writing something up, kind of sent it over and we ended up putting five percent down for earnest money mm-hmm. and um the offer was like slightly over asking so it was like a couple thousand over asking just because i was like i think just a little bit of that and just get this in here and see what they say if nothing else they'll counter mm-hmm. and they accepted like a day later that, um, uh, how much sleep did you get that night oh my gosh yeah it was <laughs> um it was interesting like at first I was like, I really want this land. Am I hurrying up like too much? Am I rushing this? Are you um, forcing this it? Was a, That's something yeah, this I always was the ask first myself. one I walked on. Yeah. So I was like, are there a bunch of these other properties that I should have got my boots on the ground with? And I was like, no, this is two hours from my house. This is perfect. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of potential. I had a bunch of pine trees on it, um, which were kind of less than ideal. Cause I was like, oh, I want diversity. I want diversity. And 19 acres out of 37 in pine in white pine is like not, not diverse. Sure. <laughs> and looking at like the, the, the map and like the general neighborhood, this was one of the like few pine stands in the area. So I was like, okay, well, pine can be good. Like some thermal cover, like, and I can take those pines down and what kind of generation regeneration are we going to have underneath? Mm-hmm. Um, and was pumped about it so i can just kind of like waited and waited got the offer um and just kind of went on to the next steps i guess yeah so yeah i mean that's that sounded a, a very a lot happened in a short amount of time but it's kind of what i mean you were looking for a while you i i wouldn't like i know you that was the first property you walked but i've from the sounds of it, you did a, a deep dive on a bunch of them prior. Would, would that be accurate? Yeah. Some of the mapping software online is just 
incredible. Like yeah. looking at historical pictures, like what was there in the thirties, like, and seeing when these pines were uh, planted, like knowing the value of pine, like in that area and that kind of stuff, like ahead of time was, was helpful. Um, but, and seeing like soil, like I want to be able to plant food plots on this. Like I'm looking at, I think it's like acres.co or something like that. Yeah. Um, just a cool website that has like soil quality. So a few properties I like punched in on there and it's like, Oh, uh, that one doesn't have that great of soil. And then this one actually had like a couple of good areas and then a few that I was like, Oh, that's really bad in that area. But it turns out like there's some big rock bases, which wasn't terrible because it kind of like funnels the deer into certain yeah. spots and you can kind of use that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the homework on the front end was, I, I, I like that part of it. Like that's the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then getting under the ground and being like, okay, this is here. Um, another thing maybe I forgot to mention is shopping around to get um, like a bank when I got my pre-approval. Um, like the variety in banks, like, okay, this, this, they'll take 20% down. This, this bank will take 10. So I found a credit union that would give me, I ended up paying like 9.5% for a down payment um, wow. to kind of get me in the game Yeah. Um, with a super competitive interest rate um, at the time. So like going bank to bank was was helpful just to know like, all right, th- these are kind of what I'm working with and just pick the best one because that's what I could kind of work with. And I thought I got, got a price that I could afford and got an interest rate that I could work with and kind of mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah, man. Well, that's the couple good points in there. I think some people think that a loan from a bank is just like, it is what it is. It's like, a, I'm doing a bad job explaining this, but like a franchise model, you go to Subway, you get a sandwich, you go to a different Subway on the other part of the country, you get the same sandwich. I think people yeah. think loans are like that. But to your point, the more people you call, like there's a lot of different loan products that have, I mean, there could be a, a big delta between one bank and another in terms of total down payment, um, maybe how long the arms can be. There's a lot of different things. So I definitely encourage people to to, to shop around to, to your point. How, how big was that? was in because i mean to go from 20 percent down or 25 percent down versus closer to 10 percent down i mean that's a whole different property that you could oh, potentially for sure afford. yeah i mean in mine we were talking about putting like tw- close to twenty thousand down versus forty thousand down mm-hmm. like i needed a buffer i needed some money because the, as soon as you buy the land like there's a lot of things you're going to want to do with it yeah and if you just, if you can't even afford the gas to get there well <laughs> <laughs> won't do any good yeah, yeah. I was going to ask this too. So you, your summer jobs, was that the, was that the land fund? So like when you did odd jobs throughout the summer, when, when you weren't teaching, was that yeah. your strategy for building up a down payment? Yeah, I guess not only the land fund, but like the skill set. like I've done, like I did roofing for a summer. I did concrete, like poured walls for a summer, um, tiling, like all these different skills, like it started kind of in college. I started like helping out my landlord just fix up these like crappy college houses. So it didn't really matter how, how good my miters were when I was putting trim on and yeah, like all this stuff, like just kind of learned like little by little. And that led me to, I did some tree work um, for two summers and just kind of like learn the ins and outs, like watching this guy climb trees and like being able to do the groundwork and, just kind of like learning tree identification in that, mm-hmm. in that summer, like all these skills translate so well um, to being able to like, to not have to be so rely reliant on so many people to get what you need, but also to like to be able to ask the right questions. So I, now I'm like in conversations with like a forester and in conversations with some people that are to try to like get some big equipment out there and without those like little odd jobs, it would have been tough to know the lingo and just to like some of these big burly guys that drive excavators around for a living, like not the easiest to talk to sometimes, like, but knowing just kind of when to call and what to say and kind of have a picture of it in your head yeah, helps for sure. That's half the battle of knowing what question that in, in anything, knowing the questions to ask is literally half the battle. 
I mean, that uh, is a really great point. So you end up buying the farm. You, you, you worked your butt off, saved up the money, ended up finding a parcel, shopped around for a banks. Then you bought it. What was, uh, I mean, how awesome was that? Were you this extremely, extremely excited and couldn't wait to go visit and hang out at the new place? Well, we set it up to, they set up with the title company. I was like, oh, this is going to be no sweat. Um, I'm going to go out to the city that's right by where the land is. I'm going to sign the title over and I'm going to be in the tree stand in within a couple hours. And like two days before they were like, your wife needs to sign as well. I was like, oh yeah, she can sign electronically. No big deal. Like we went through COVID. Like we now figured out how to do everything electronically. (laughs) They're like, no, not, not here. Like you need it. Your wife needs to come here. Ink ink on the day. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, can you get off of work on this day to, to be able to come sign the title? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, so then I talked to the bank and I was like, is there anything we can do? And they're like, no, we got to move the date. We're going to push it back a month. <laughs> I was like, no, Are no, you we're, serious? Two, we're two days from signing. Like this needs to happen. <laughs> so I somehow convinced my wife and bought her a lot of coffee to be able to drive out early in the morning. <laughs> so she signed early in the morning. Uh-huh. I dropped our daughter off at school and I got to go out there and sign. Um, and once I got there, got all signed up and then we were good to go. And I was uh, already owing my wife a couple of things because of that <laughs> uh, for the land, but worked out. That's a good, that's a good lesson for someone to hear. Yeah. Cause I think uh, everyone is conditioned that you can just do everything electronically. You can do just about everything electronically, but uh, typically yeah, you have to have an ink signature on a lot of those documents or uh, sign them with a notary and then have them fax or overnight them or probably overnight them to, to the title company. But um, so yeah, after that fiasco, did you go out, did, did you hunt that evening? Yeah. But like to go back, like they let me pick where I could like bring the title and sign it. Like uh-huh. I picked there on purpose because I selfishly wanted to be there and then uh-huh. get right into the land but I probably could have picked somewhere like right by my house that I could have just signed <laughs> and then drove there. Yeah. Like, cause I, my, the bank that I was dealing with wasn't local either. Um, cause like I said, I was like shopping around, found one like from my hometown that was cheaper. Um, so I could have done it that way, but yeah, then I, That's funny. I was like in town ready to go. And I wanted to just like, just rip through like 10 tanks of gas in the chainsaw and just like get after it. But it was also like the second week of the season. Um, so we're in a bow season now uh, because of the closing date and everything. Um, so I was like, Oh, I don't want to go too crazy. Like I kind of want to hunt. Um, and I want to talk to the neighbors. I want to meet them. So the first night got out there and was just like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hunt. But I actually called the, the landowner, like the, the seller and just talked to him for a while and like kind of got some ideas from him. And he had a lot to teach me, like, cause he had been, he had owned the land for a couple of years and similar age and was just like, yeah, I like to like kill big deer. And this is kind of where I have some stands set up. Like, this is where I would suggest going. And he's like, well, if you go sit here tonight, you're going to see deer. I was like, all right. Um, that's kind of like where I had envisioned on the map of hunting, but based on the wind, like how the wind kind of changes in those, like in hill country, I was like, ah, man, that's going to be a tough spot to hunt. Like the thermals, the wind, like this is, this is going to be a little interesting, but he also said he usually doesn't have like bigger bucks show up until like middle of October. So he's like, you have a month to like kind of work on the land. There's going to be some does around. You're going to see deer every time you hunt, but like the big deer are going to show up in the middle of October and you shouldn't bump them off once they get there. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was quite a bit of truth to, to what he gave me. And he like gave me some really valuable information in the long run. Um, but yeah, I got out there, sat like a few trees over from where he had a set because I just didn't like how exposed it was. And it was just a little different style of hunting. Like he had a big like set of sticks up in the tree and just a gigantic um, hang on stand. And 
I didn't know how loud and I don't know. I just, I like to do it my own, my sure. own way. So trimmed a couple of branches and cut myself a shooting lane and hung in a tree. And like an hour later, I had two does and two fawns come out. Um, and they just went straight to that new fresh browse that I just dropped for them and shot the doe. Oh, nice. Um, uh, yeah, sip. within, yeah, let's see, an hour and a half of being in the tree. So I was like, this is, this is a good start. Yeah. <laughs> but I got out, um, or I got that doe out of the woods and kind of like got set up and got a little fire going, got my tent set up and was going to spend the night out there and just kind of spent the first night quartering out the deer and sitting by the fire and enjoying the new purchase. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. That so, and you, I think you mentioned it was about two hours away from where you live. Yeah. Was that the max that you were willing to go, or what? How far were you considering? Yeah, I mean, my buddy's property is about three, so I kind of had that to reference. Um, I don't mind the drive, but the biggest part of it is like, if I'm going to take my three-year-old daughter out, like, is she going to want to go in the car for? six hours if I go down there and then back mm-hmm. or three hours there and one day like it's just a long drive for the family um so I was hoping for that two hour two hour mark because it actually worked out where there's been a couple of day trips I've taken now and two hours like two hours there two hours back in one day and a full day of work is is enough like mm-hmm. um so I, I don't think I would change it but there's also some bigger uh bigger deer in the state or bigger, better hunting land. Like, so maybe someday down the road, I could convince myself that two and a half or 245 would be feasible. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. That, that two hour mark, I think is probably a good threshold. I think much further than that, to your points, it, it def- just, I, it is, I bet most people aren't going to visit as much as maybe if it was two hours versus three. Um, so along the way, it sounded like your buyer's agent was one of the best resources you had. Would you agree with that? Or was there a better resource out there that helps you kind of sharpen your blade for a purchase? Yeah. I mean, buying the property specifically, like that agent helped me out and just taught me more about that area than I would have known or could have figured out on my own. Once I purchased the property, then like talking with the neighbors I learned so much about the land specifically like this chunk of land, what it's like been the last couple of years and how it hunts and stuff like that. So I would say like, it was, it was a good transition from talking with that buyer's agent who their job was to do the homework on what's there, what's available, how, how much you can purchase it for. And then kind of passing the, the baton off to, you kind of, if you do your homework, you can figure out the next steps along the way. Like, who do you call locally if you want to rent a tractor? Like I did that like one of the first weekends, which is another story on itself, but. Was that, um, was that a fiasco? No, I mean, I was like, same, same thing. Like I just wanted to burn through about 10 tanks of gas in that thing. Cause that's so much I wanted to do specifically that I couldn't lift on my own. Yeah. And after a few hours of work, I'm like flying as fast as I can. And I like to just get stuff done. I want it to look nice and I want it to like all the things, but of course I was going a little too fast, lifted up a log and this log, like just twisted off the bucket wrong and then smashed the headlight on the tit on the tractor that I rented like this nice 40 horse new Holland tractor that it's like, man, I want one of these, but I don't want to buy it from the rental place. Like, <laughs> um, so they get beat to heck. <laughs> yeah. So I had, like busted it up a little bit and tried to make it look the best I could and brought it back to the local rental shop and was like, Hey, like I have to own up. I, I hit this, like this thing did a great job, everything that I was supposed to do, but I cracked this like section of plastic. And the guy's like, Oh, it's a rental. Like, that's what we're here for. That's why you pay us. Like, and he, and he was like, he had no problem with it whatsoever. And I was super thankful for that. And just good to know, like good local people that are just willing to kind of get you set up with the tools that you need. And yeah, I was able to do a lot more work than I could have on my own. So for sure. What's a, what's a piece of advice you would give someone else that has saved up? Well, maybe just, I'll leave it open. 
what would be one piece of advice you tell someone aspiring to buy land? Maybe they haven't saved up for a down payment or maybe they have, and they're looking to purchase. I'd say like try to narrow that scope um, to be able to answer the questions right away of like, this is where I want to be. This is where my family um, would be willing to go to hunt um, kind of set goals of like what you, what you want for like deer hunting, because it looks so much different for every person. Like I wanted to kill like above a 140 inch deer. Like that's my goal at some point on this land is to be able to hunt that quality or that caliber. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to pass like the two and a half year olds and the three and a half year olds. Like a lot of people just want to be there and hunt and see deer. So narrow your goals, like narrow your scope. Like this is where I want to be. Um, and then absolutely jump into somebody who is like-minded. Like you can vet these people. Like when I talked to Tyler, I was like, what, what kind of hunting style do you have? Like, what do you like to, what do you like to do? Like he's, he left writing the offer to purchase and went and planted a plot of soybeans. Like Mm -hmm. he, he likes to do a lot of the same things that I like to do. So he knew like what I was looking for when we walked the land, like we were bouncing ideas back and forth. And that's just invaluable because if you got someone that's just like, Oh yeah, it's just a piece of land. Well, then, then it's all on you to decide. And it's an expensive mistake. If you, if you rush into it with just emotion and -hmm. and make that purchase. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. Um, certainly what, uh, what's a myth that you found about the land buying process or owning land or misconception? I guess that it's unaffordable. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the, the podcast, like there's so many ways to get creative with these purchases. Um, I mean, you have to do the work on the front end to save the money and, and kind of get set up um, and establish what's realistic. But I mean, you can hunt on a small chunk of land. And if you do some door knocking and you talk to the right people, like you can get a great price that's very different than everything that's on the market. But just like anything in life, it takes a lot of work. Um, and it's going to quickly kind of weed out how serious you are. Um, if you, if you aren't willing to put in the work or you just want something easy, like it's not going to just fall in your lap. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. A lot of laid work, a lot of leg work, a lot of nose. Um, and some people, once again, some people value their time more. So more people, I mean, everyone has their just different goals and skill sets too. Um, what's your, what's your long-term goals with this property? Is it to own it for a certain amount of time and just learn some lessons along the way or what's, what's the goal? Um, I think one of the goals is just to maximize the potential of the property. Um, I actually started like a small business, just doing like some habitat and land work. Um, that kind of relates to a lot of the, the stuff that I've been doing in the summers and using this property is like one of the, the kind of platforms to kind of gather some content and, and just test like some of the things that I know, or I, I, I think work. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's one of the most important things is just like, if you have the the like the knowledge you have the application and now you have like the the data behind it that's going to support this is what works and I have seen it work with my own eyes or I have like trail camera data that's going to show me like this is how they how they move and do like then I can pass that knowledge on to other people like through this business and and kind of help others like figure that out Mm -hmm. um I might keep it long term like it's it's something where like I bought it in an area where I think I can, can do the right things to the property to make, to bring the big deer in. I know big deer have been killed in the area. Um, so if I can make a couple of changes and increase that, that antler size and try to hit that like top 5% deer that's in the area, like I'd be, I'd be happier than how, but it's yeah. just, I just like doing the work. Like it's, it's so fun to get out there and, and manipulate the property and, and watch how deer kind of do their thing. And it's been a blast so far. Yeah. I, uh, I'm count obviously I still have a tag in my pocket here in Illinois and I'm waiting, you know, I'm hunting late season, but 
somewhat, uh, I'm somewhat, uh, I don't even want to mention, I'm, I'm almost looking forward to the work this winter more so than the remainder of late season. Cause there's so many projects I want to get done and I don't want to start them quite yet, but uh, you're right. It is, it is so much fun working on, working on the land. I totally agree. Um, yeah. And seeing those deer hit to the next age class, like you can pass deer up that have a chance at you seeing them again. And like, and they also can create like, okay, now I, I can change this and maybe get them to bed more on my property or get them to use my property more during daylight. Like, I think that's part of the challenge. Like at first I was a all public, like I just want to hunt public and everything public is great. Um, and these, these private guys, they just, they just got it all just easy. Um, but it's, it's so far from the truth. Like there's just so many different ways to look at it and it just depends on your goals and there's a lot of fun to be had on, on either public and private. Mm-hmm. And I mean, chasing deer is the, is the goal. So yeah, that's, that's the common theme of why we do it is to have better experience chasing deer. I mean, that's, uh, that's why we all do it now. That's, uh, that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. And it sounds like I remember looking at the aerial, the place that it was a very interesting parcel and I'm excited to kind of hear how the improvements, uh, kind of transform the property or improve it or, uh, how much on a percentage scale, how much you improve it. Like if you, I think it's at a 50% or 60% right now. And then after a couple of years, you're like, I think I got close to an 80%. I'll be really curious to hear how that uh, progression goes. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm heading out um, this weekend to try to do a couple more things and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, if anyone wants to find you or maybe they're in your neck of the woods and uh, they need some habitat help, where can, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Um, so Element Land Co on like Facebook and Instagram is kind of the platform that I'm working off of um, just to kind of help that. Um, otherwise, I have my own personal account on both of those just with my name, Lance Matthews. Um, but yeah, reaching out, like I love talking deer. I love talking habitat plans. I love talking the work that goes behind it. Um, so yeah, happy to to help if anyone has questions about buying land or any of the habitat stuff like that's what i that's what i'm here for so for sure man well it was it was great to see kind of i'm just glad i had a small a tiny tiny bit of uh impact on your on you finding this piece of ground that's really rewarding for me it's kind of why we started the podcast is to help people uh, along the way because there's it's a daunting task and and what you don't know is what you don't know. And to your point, you have to know what questions to ask. And that's the whole point of the podcast to help people know what questions to ask. So just want to say thank you for, um, thanks for being part of the whole project and the process, man. Yeah, no, right back at you. This, this podcast really helped me along the journey and just like you connecting me with Tyler. I, I mean, there's so much information to be out there and learned and all these podcasts and stuff. It's just a good way to to soak up some info on the way to work and, and keep it going. So thanks for sharing all that. You, I'll let you do. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Lance. Um, good luck the rest of the season and excited to follow along on Element Land Co. on what projects you do this spring. Yeah, thanks. Let me know if you end up find, uh, filling that late season tag here. My fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care.